this week, as of Wednesday, the BC Liberals will no longer exist. The party is rebranding as BC United. The BC Liberal Party voted on the name change in November with 80% of its membership supporting a rebrand. And let's bring in Richard Zisman, Global BC's reporter at the legislature, legislature to talk about this. Hey, Richard. Hey, Robin. How are you? Not too bad. How are you on this Monday? Great, great. Good. Good to be here. Listen, the BC Liberals had two election losses, and is this rebrand the thing to turn the party's <laughs> fortunes around? I, I think uh, it would be a little bit optimistic on their end to believe this is what is going to reverse their fortunes, but it was something that Kevin Falk had promised, and now it's coming. So BC United will be what the party is known as going forward. This is obviously driven by the right-wing flank of this uh, party. It has been a free enterprise coalition for a long time, uh, merging together federal conservatives and federal liberals. uh, And there was concern from conservatives that the liberal name actually hurt them uh, in some more rural and suburban riding. And with that push coming, uh, they have now moved away from that liberal brand to a united brand. And there's been lots of jokes about how it sounds a lot more like a soccer team than it does a political party. (laughs) That's exactly Uh, what we were saying this morning, (laughs) the team here at uh, CKNW. And I feel, Robin, there's opportunities here. I think we're going to start seeing fundraising emails that will joke about season ticket drives and, you know, have your seat for BC United and My guess is we may even as early as Wednesday see scarves being used as some of the paraphernalia uh, that the party is looking at, uh, you know, to try to incorporate some of that messaging. Maybe even Kevin Falcon will show up in a BC United jersey. I think all of these are opportunities, but there's a long road ahead. I think this is far more complicated than just a name change. Uh, There is frustration over uh, what the BC Liberals did, especially near the tail end of their 16 years of rule. Uh, There are concerns around missing some real fundamental pieces around affordability, tolls on bridges, housing prices getting out of control, childcare options becoming so limited for especially those in Metro Vancouver. And BC United will need to prove that they have solutions around that issue rather than just you know, people forgetting the Liberals because the name's no longer on the ballot. For sure. Um, There's no election call. There doesn't seem to be an election coming up yet. So does the timing work for the party? I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing it now, Robin. I think there was worry internally, and I heard about this a lot from those inside the party saying, well, I don't trust David Eby. He's going to call a snap election. Then we're going to be stuck in this middle ground where people don't know what BC United is but we don't want to be liberal. I think there's now a confidence internally that they believe David Eby when he says the next election is going to be in the fall of 2024. And then that gives the party time to figure out uh, what United looks like, but more importantly, gives the public time to understand that those BC liberals that you may have voted for in the past, that's now BC United. And we're going to see a large-scale blitz about that. I had also been told that Elections BC had told the party they could have used a bracket. So on the ballot, it would have said BC Liberals bracket BC United. 
or BC United bracket BC Liberals. They've opted not to do that, which surprised me. I think when you have a new leader like someone like Kevin Falcon, you don't want to have any excuses for why you've lost. And, you know, if he does lose the next election as BC United, he may be saying to himself, well, it was because people didn't know the party name. You know, you, I think I think he's fully embracing this at this point, Robin. You know, you you talked about earlier that the conservative branch uh, of the party, you know, thought that it would be confused with the federal Liberal Party. So, what do the new Democrats think about this? Yeah, so they're obviously going to try to sell the message here, Robin, that this is the same party. Don't be fooled by a name change. The BC Liberals that you hate—that's BC United. Uh, in terms of other messaging from them, it ultimately doesn't matter that the BC NDP is who they are. The problem they have is reframing it from a party of John Horgan to a party of David Eby. And there's an introduction that's going on there as well, that the public uh, is familiarizing itself with the new premier. And that is almost more challenging than a name change, is the public knew what John Horgan stood for, they knew what the party with John Horgan's leader stood for, and they're trying to figure out what the party with David Eby as the leader stands for. And that's going to be the process the NDP goes through up until the next election. DC United now has the challenge of people getting to know Kevin Falcon, who they remember from the Gordon Campbell era in some regards. But for many you know, younger families, uh, that is not as significant. He's not someone they're familiar with, while also incorporating a new name. So there's going to be a little bit back and forth. No doubt we'll hear from the NDP on Wednesday when the name becomes official here with a rally uh, in Metro Vancouver. Uh, We will no doubt hear from them reminding people this is the same old party and don't be fooled by a name switch. If if the reason you don't like them is because of their policies, don't, don't be fooled by this name change. I know it's still early, but is it catching on yet, this BC United? Because we've been talking about it since November. I think, Robin, if we went down the street and asked uh, 10 random people from the CKNW <laughs> there in downtown Vancouver, one person would know what BC United was. I, I think probably most people would laugh and, and guess that it was a soccer team. Um, oh. I haven't tried it yet. Maybe that's for Wednesday's story. That's your story uh, we'll on Wednesday. I look forward to it. <laughs> 10 people uh, what BC United is, because I, I firmly believe that people do not know what this is, even though... They've announced this phased roll-in that they're going to propose this as a name, uh, incorporate it as a name. When are they going to do it? But by the time we get to 2024, my assumption is that most people who vote will know what BC United is. And and that's why you need this lead-up time to get people familiar. Yeah. Because at this point, I, my guess is nobody has any idea. It's a good it's a good thing that there is an election yet. How do party <laughs> insiders feel, though? Uh, do they think it's a bit of a desperate measure? I, I think there, there was wide-scale support here. But I know I have spoken to those who come from the liberal part of the party, and we've heard Josh Johal talk a lot about this, that they think it's a bit silly considering... Provincial elections are won, in essence, with where federal liberals go. We know that most federal conservatives will vote vote for what is now the B.C. liberals, what will become B.C. United. Most, if not all, federal NDPers vote provincial NDP. Where elections are won are where federal liberals end up voting. And it always seemed to me that liberal was actually a strategic advantage because those are the voters, those centrist voters in Metro Vancouver, the ones you're trying to convince. And I've heard that time and time again from those who consider themselves more liberal 
big L liberal in the BC liberal tent that they don't get pivoting towards the right. And we know this theory of splitting the vote on the right. The BC Conservatives now have a, a position in the legislature where John Rustad is an MLA and now the party's leader. All of that being said, it's almost more significant to get centrist vote than it is right-wing vote. So that's some of the, the frustration I'm hearing, but largely this was universally supported. And I think it's a, it's a fulfillment of a promise that Kevin Falcon is part of his victory, which was a decisive one, getting rid of the name was something he had committed to, and he's forging ahead with it. But there, there, there are a lot of still questions about whether this is the most um, prudent way to move about trying to win back the center, because that's where you need to secure this election, especially in Metro Vancouver. Yeah, Richard, I think you're very bang on with your analysis here, but don't go away. Okay, we've been talking about this for weeks, months, it feels. Surrey and its policing mess. Will the city stay with the RCMP or go with the Surrey Police Service? It was the focus of the municipal election and the new mayor, Brenda Locke, campaigned to keep the RCMP, but the transition to the Surrey Police Service had already begun with recruitment, etc. When all is said and done, whatever the decision is, it's going to be costly. And that's where the province comes in. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth is set to make a decision. We've been talking to Richard Zisman, Global BC's Ledge reporter. Um, Richard, what are you hearing? When could there be a decision? So it sounds like the decision, Robin, is coming not this upcoming week, but the week after that. And there are still some things at play here. Public Safety Minister, Solicitor General Mike Farnworth recently uh, received a report uh, from his public servants that is currently being reviewed around uh, the decision of what to do around policing. Uh, we are starting to see things point toward the decision from the province, which would be to keep the Surrey or to keep moving towards the Surrey Police Service and getting rid of the RCMP in Surrey. But that is far from the final decision. Uh, there are a number of factors at play here in terms of understanding the staffing levels and what the RCMP would be able to do in terms of ensuring there are enough officers to properly police the community and ultimately. Oh, did we lose Richard? I think we lost Richard. Um, might be a cell phone issue. Um, we've been talking about um, the Surrey, the city of Surrey being caught up in the middle of a policing mess. Uh, will it go with uh, the Surrey Police Service as it has already been transitioning or will it stay with the RCMP? Uh, this is a matter that's been left with the uh, Public Safety Minister, Mike Farnworth, and according to Richard Zisman, who has been reporting on this for, it feels like, weeks, uh, the minister is going to make a decision sometime next week. We thought we were going to get a decision last month, but uh, he has been relying on a report from his own uh, department to talk about the uh, the pros and cons of both uh, police services. It's going to be a very tough decision because regardless of what decision is made, it is going to be a costly one because the transition has already been underway. There is the um, uh, the buyout package to think about for those officers that have been recruited for the Surrey Police Service. So it's, uh, it's a tough one. I know there's been a lot of uh, public opinion on this, especially in Surrey. It was the reason uh, it was the center of, of the municipal election campaign. It was the center 
winner platform for Brenda Locke, who ended up winning. We have managed to get Richard Zisman back. Hey, Richard, welcome back. Hey, Robin. I've had phone problems that just powered off. So you know I'm what? It's probably some merger that happened. I'm not going to talk about that right now. But let's talk about... Um, Brenda Locke. She got herself yeah. into some hot water recently. She has claimed that the Metro Vancouver Mayor's Committee has backed her plan to retain the RCMP, but that backfired, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And it's, it's not what I've been hearing as well. So I'm not sure where I got cut off. But ultimately, the answer is we're going to hear from Minister Farnworth. The expectation is not this week, but next. And we also heard from Minister Farnworth on this issue that you mentioned, that ultimately, uh, Metro Vancouver's um, Committee of Mayors and Councillors did not unanimously support this idea of staying with the RCMP. There were a number of councillors and mayors who uh, did not uh, put their hand up and say that this is what they support in the region. And it becomes a very complicated regional issue here as well, because uh, what happens for policing in terms of the RCMP in Surrey will likely have ramifications on other police forces. If there is this mass hiring around Surrey Police Service, uh, where do they get those officers? Does that have an impact on other regions? If the RCMP loses a foothold in Surrey, what does that mean for other communities that rely on the RCMP? Does it mean an influx of officers there, but does it also change the footprint the RCMP has in British Columbia. All of those are things that impact different mayors. And then there's the political lay of the land as well around uh, whether they want to see a province stepping in on the jurisdiction of municipalities. You said it a number of times. Brenda Law campaigned on this. They believe that this is the right of Surrey to determine what they want to do and the province should ultimately butt out. So there's a lot of pressure points going on here. And... Part of the concerns have been that not all the information is in front of us. There's been a lack of honesty, and I think that plays to the point that the Brenda Locke and her comments last week get backfired a bit because it it starts people wondering whether, well, if you're going to fudge the details on this a bit, what else are you not telling us around costs, around transition, and all of these things that are um, so crucial holding this whole decision together? All right, Richard, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I know you have to get back to your reporting.